You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I am so excited because on Walk It Out, I'm talking to one of my favorite podcasters. I've told you before, if you've listened to me, when I'm doing laundry, when I'm cooking, when I'm taking my dog for a walk, I always have my earbuds in and I'm listening to podcasts. And this is one of my favorite. So I'm going to love this conversation with Jamie Ivey today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Jamie Ivey is creator and host of the popular podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, a central gathering place for talking about life in Jesus. Jamie told the raw redemptive story that brought her to this place in her debut book, If You Only Knew. And today we're going to be talking about her new book, You Be You. Jamie lives in Austin, Texas with her husband, Aaron, and their four kids. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I think I found your podcast in, when you were like in the 70s. Oh my um, gosh. That was back in the day. Okay, the funny thing is, then I went back, I think I listened to like three or four, then I went back to episode one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because here's the deal. I don't, I don't know about you, but when I started my podcast, it literally was like, this seems like it might be fun. And I was telling you before we started recording that I tend now to kind of watch how things go before I jump in. And I just jumped in with that podcast. So if you listen to episode one, it's literally me and my best girlfriend since ninth grade, just yeah. chatting. No idea what we're doing. Just hit record, <laughs> put it out for the world. And here we are, you know, six and a half years later. Yeah. And I've listened to like when you've had music changes, I'm like, wait, wait, uh-huh. I like the old music. Then you get used I to the know. new music and you love it, but it's so fun. I know it's fun. Yeah. And then I was on, I think episode, I think like 117 or that was so like fun. That. And you came out to my house. I did. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was is- before I had my studio, my tiny house that I work in now because we right. recorded in my husband's music studio, which was fun. Yes. Yeah. And it was right after its book released and a lot oh, of fun stuff. So fun. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So 25 million, over 25 million downloads now. Um, which is super amazing. Okay. So I have to tell you a little story because I know you talk about winter in the yes. book. So right before I came down, see, I came down to, to interview with you right after the declare conference. Okay. In Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was sitting there filling out the questionnaire like the day before. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. When is this new? <laughs> and winter was sitting, we were sharing a table. And I'm like typing away and like someone's speaking. She's like, girl, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to be on Jamie's podcast. And she's like, you are putting way too much work into that. Because <laughs> I was writing like paragraphs. She's like, she's just going to scan that and ask you questions. <laughs> so that is so just, funny. Winter's like, I've done that before. You're good. Yeah, she's like, you're good. You're fine. You're Aww. putting weight. Because it was like paragraphs of answering every question. That's hilarious. But then I just thought, oh, that was just a special memory because um, that was the last time I saw Winter in person. So that was really cool that Aww. that's what we were talking about. I love podcast. it. I love it. It was, um, it was, you know, you mentioned I write about her in the book and I do. And it felt, I don't know, Trisha, I don't know why it felt weird for me to write about her in one way. I, I wanted to like honor her, but her mm-hmm. life left such an impact on me. And I know that it did for so many people. And so 
it's almost like I feel special that I was able, not me as a person, but it feels special to be able to write about someone that left such a huge impact on not only my life, but everyone's life. And it's just this reminder of, man, I want to be that way. You know, like it just feels like it feels great. And the te- when we're recording, this is, you know, everyone knows you don't record a podcast a day it comes right. out. But when we're recording <laughs> it, this is actually the week that winter passed away. Mm-hmm. And so she's been Was on my mind years a lot. Ago or- yeah. Two years two ago, years it'll be ago. this Friday. Um, And so she's been on my mind a lot and I really, I really honestly feel so incredibly honored to be able to share her with people that read the book. Yeah. And I talked about her in uh, my last book, The Grumble Free Year, because the day that she passed away, my husband, John, was getting a routine colonoscopy and uh, my son had dropped him off because I had to take kids to day camp and I was going to go pick him up. You know, it's just a routine thing. And I walk in and the doctor's waiting in the waiting room I'm like what and she's like are you, he's like are you Mrs. Goyer and my husband flatlined during a routine colonoscopy oh and gosh. stopped breathing his heart and they had to resuscitate him and he was he ended up he's okay now he, but he was in the hospital for five days and then later that night we got I got a message from Crystal on a private message telling about winter and it was like that could have been hmm. me like it, it was the very same day and it just yeah. made me and so I talked about just appreciate life and mm-hmm. um live a good life is what, what you talk about with winter that yeah. and which is kind of the summary of this whole book you be mm-hmm. you is like god has designed you for a purpose yeah and you need to follow that call that he has for you that he's designed even before you were born and winter was such an example and winter pits we're talking like everyone should <laughs> i know. know we're like everyone should know but everyone should know who winter is for sure yeah winter pits she um a mom of four amazing daughters wife to jonathan and just really lived her life and poured so much into young women and just Mm -hmm. telling young women of who, you know, God created you for a purpose. And so I love that you were able to talk about that, but that really is, you know, at the end of our life, what are people going to say about Mm -hmm. us? And we want to live the life that God planned for us. And that's really what you're talking about in this book. Yeah. I kind of had little, two little wake up calls, which kind of led me to think through the, the, you know, the things that I have in this book. Number one was winter for sure. of just going, we don't know how long we get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can talk about every time there's like a tragedy, we have these conversations, but I think it, and this sounds so morbid. You know, I know something funny, Trisha, as someone who's written, you've written like 8,000 books. Okay. Like (laughs) like 70, 80 books by now, but you've written a lot of books. When I turned in my very first manuscript for this book, I told my husband how I started it. And he said, Jamie, that's not going to ever pass. Like they're not going (laughs) to let you start the book that way. And they didn't, they, they were clearly know what they're doing, but I wrote the very first sign of the book was death is coming for all of us. Mm. And it's very clear why they did not have that be the first sentence. They're very smart. Those editors over there, Yeah, (laughs) but it is in the first chapter. They just moved it around. But the reason I wanted to start that way is because it's true. Like it, it, there's a hundred percent chance that all of us are going to die. I mean, unless mm-hmm. Jesus comes back, but in reality, right. I mean, there's a hundred percent chance we're all going to die. And so when winter passed away and she was so young in our eyes, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hard. Like when my grandma passed away, she's like 80 something. You're like, you know, she lived a good life. Well done. Go home. Right. When someone like winter passes away and you think, God, that doesn't actually make sense to me. She's so young. It make, it has this wake-up call, and I'm sure it was like that for you when your husband in the hospital. You have this wake-up call of, okay, so I only get a certain amount, and I don't know how much it is. And mm-hmm. so for me, I thought, well, then I want to make every day count. And so I, I was looking around, and I'm like seeing this phenomenon, which is nothing new by any means. We've seen this since the beginning of time. 
but women just really not believing in themselves and not believing that their gifts matter. And I was seeing this also, these conversations where women were telling women, you know, you're amazing. You can do whatever you want. And I believe those things to be true. But for me, it's coming from a, as a Christian. I think there's also a gospel aspect in there as right. well, is that the reason you can do anything is because of Jesus. Like that's how we do anything in life that's good and worthy and noble. It's because of Jesus. And so that's what kind of came up in me. It's like, okay, I want to encourage women. You get one life. You get so many days. That's it. So let's do something with them. And then to encourage them as well that says, hey, the reason you have these abilities, these gifts, these talents, these time, these kids, these relationships is because of Jesus. Like he's yeah. the one that helps you do this. So those were kind of my two, this is what I want to say to women that kind of poured out into this manuscript that now is coming into the world. It's so cool. And so I think you're so too, like it's on coffee mugs and plaques yeah. and t-shirts. Like you've got this, you're amazing. You're beautiful. And that's great. Like when we're looking at a coffee mug, but then we feel so empty and we don't we don't know what to do with it like okay yeah so I'm amazing true. but how can I I don't feel amazing my yeah. life feels yeah. like what am I doing with my life mm -hmm. this is not how I thought about it so I would just love you to talk about like share your story um and how do we take hold of it how do we go from okay these little mottos on things to mm -hmm. really living that type of life yeah you know the thing about those little mottos is I've said them and mm. on, you know, like they're not wrong, you know, right. you are amazing, Trisha, you can do these things. You can do what you put your mind to, but I think they just don't tell the whole truth. And so right. that's why I think the problem is, is that they're not complete. And so as someone who is a follower of Jesus, I want to say, Trisha, you can do this, not because you're amazing, which you are amazing, but because God has gifted you in this way. And so there's this I want to help Christian women understand that. And so for me, like I want, you know, we're both podcasters and authors and I want to create a good show. I want to create a show that challenges women, that helps them see different viewpoints. I want to, I want to create a show that leaves you encouraged and inspired, all those things. And I also know that the only way I can do that is because God has equipped me to do that. Yeah. What that does for me is it allows me to rest in the gifts that God's given me. And it allows me to know that the reason I can do this is because he's equipped me. You know, I think about there's this beautiful painting that I have in my office uh, that someone gifted me. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And I look at it and I think she's using the talents that God gave her mm -hmm. and she's using them for the glory of God. I could never paint what she painted ever. Oh my gosh. I can't even paint like a door the right color. You know, like I could <laughs> never do this. And I think, wow. Look at how she's owning her gifts and talents. And so for me, it's like, I want to remind women, yes, you can do great things, but it's because Jesus has equipped you because here's where the problem comes in. And you've lived long enough. I've lived long enough is that when we start to think we're amazing, life throws us the biggest curveball ever. Right? right. I mean, right. maybe it's your husband flatlining for me. Maybe it's like COVID it's came in and it's screwed up and changed all of our lives. Everybody's life is different pre, you know, 2020. Yeah. And so if I only stand on the fact that, girl, you got this, you can do this, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you're amazing, you can do anything you put your head to. Well, where does that all stand when my husband gets cancer or my kids don't go back to school for 
eight weeks and I don't homeschool like you do, you know, where, where does all that stand and how do I still become amazing when life is crazy? And that's where we have to go. Oh, here's how it can still be true is because I stand on the truth of the gospel. I don't stand on the truths of the world. So it feels like I just went like super spiritual, but it is true because life is hard and life is going to hand us things that we never asked for or wanted. And I still want to be faithful to what God's called me to do, even when life gets hard. And that's difficult to do. I mean, me saying these words is really me reminding myself when, you know, when it gets hard. Okay, Jamie, remember what you know. So that's what I want women to know. And listen, Trisha, if you know anything about me, I'm a hard worker. Like I want to create great things. Yeah. But I want to do that because God's equipped me to do it and because he asked me to do it and because he's the one that helps me, not so that I can be like awesome and amazing. So it's not a lot. It's not like, oh, no more hard work. Just kind of lay it all down and let, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Um, But it is acknowledging that there's something more to that, to these sayings than just like, girl, you're awesome. Girl, you can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to, you know, because those, God, those cannot sustain under the world's pressure. And I think so much of it is kind of relinquishment to, because, you know, we say, okay, follow the dreams God gave you. And for me, that was writing. And so I was striving, like I was working on book projects and I got an agent and everything that went before a publisher got rejected. And this is like in the nineties, this is a long time ago. And I just remember being so discouraged and I had all these friends that were getting book contracts and it came to the point, I realized like I wanted a book contract because I wanted to prove like, even though I was a teen mom, mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. become an author. Like I, it was like mm-hmm. this proving thing. Yeah. And I could, I was working really hard um, with my little three kids running around and all stuff. But it came to the point as I'm in God's word, I'm realizing like, Oh, what is my motivation? And mm-hmm. when I got on my knees and said, Lord, I relinquish. And what if, if I'm never going to have a book published, like, what do you want me to do? And it's not like the next day, like, ding, I got the book published. It was yeah. like, you know what? I want you to help start a crisis pregnancy center. Mm. I want you to reach out to teen moms. And it was led me on this path that was away from what I thought was the thing that God designed me t- to do, which was write books. But then full circle, he, my very first nonfiction book was a book for teen moms. Mm. Like God knew what he yeah. was doing. And 100%. I love you talk about in the book, um, you know, instead of saying, did I do enough today? You know, or did I work hard enough? All that stuff. Mm. Asking ourselves, did I become more like Jesus? And was I faithful? Mm. And I think mm. that is where the relinquishment, because, you know, you can, you are amazing. You can do all these things. And yes, we can sign up for the classes. We can take the online courses. <laughs> like we could yeah. you know, stay up till midnight every night working on the thing. But if we're doing it just for that success and not doing mm-hmm. it to be faithful to what God is asking us to do, that that is the difference. And it, yeah. when I read Henry Blackaby had this the Experience in God book said, um, ask God, what are you doing and how can I join you? Like, what is God doing mm-hmm. today and how mm-hmm. can I join you? Once I start doing that, like all these doors open, book contracts, and it was because I was following him. Mm. You know, it's like what I see too when you're talking about that, it reminded me is that one of the things that has that I have noticed the older I've gotten is that the, the line for success, it's like a moving target. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's like one day you think you're successful and the next day it's like, oh no, that's not success anymore. This is. And so when, you know, when I talk in the book about striving for faithfulness over success, that's where I think we become like the, the best version of ourselves because mm-hmm. we're saying, I'm not going to strive for the world's idea of success. And let me tell you, 
I mean, I feel like I always had this caveat and I'm going to probably get better at this by the time the book comes out, but I always want to say like, <laughs> y'all, I want to be successful. Like no creator creates anything mm-hmm. and hopes people hate it. Right. You know, like I just right. don't think that that happens, but if I'm striving, if my doing and striving is just for success, which means, okay, we'll talk in the author space since you and I are both authors. Let's say, we'll just throw out a number. Let, this would be awesome. Let's say we want to sell 500,000 books. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> okay, that would be so, amazing. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Right. So let's say, well, let's bring it down. Let's be more realistic. Let's say we want to sell 100,000 books. Um, and then we say, that means I'll be successful. Right. Well, what happens when you do that? Well, now you're not successful anymore because successful actually is 200,000. Right. Like, you know, we, we, didn't need, we didn't tell you the real number the first time. Or even success as a mom. Okay, so like, I want to be a successful mom. So that means, a successful mom means that when my kids come home, Nowadays, they wash their hands when they come in, they look me in the eyes, they say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, they never argue, and they grow up, and they become great citizens, and they love Jesus, all those things, that's be a success. Well, what when that doesn't happen, you know, then am I a failure? And so when when you flip the script and go, okay, I'm not striving for success, I'm striving for faithfulness. And so faithfulness is what does God ask me to do? And what does he ask you to do? He asked you to start a crisis pregnancy center. For me, Mm -hmm. he hasn't asked me to do that. So I'm not less successful than you, but I just want to be faithful with what he's given. And I think when we view it through that lens, what it does for me is it kind of, you know, you do that like outward sigh, like, okay, okay, I can take down all of the success meters and I want to be faithful. Mm -hmm. Like I want, it's kind of like how we were talking about winter at the beginning. Like, I feel like winter was faithful with what God gave her, you know, and I want to be faithful with what he gave me, not successful because yeah. in whose eyes, like who, who sets the success standards? Who, who's in charge of success? You know what I mean? Like, that's just a weird thing to be like, okay, success equals this. Well, who says like yeah. you, me, but there is a way we can measure with faithfulness. And that can be every area of your life. If you are a stay at home mom, if you run a company, if you're an athlete, if you're a student, if you're a teacher, whatever it means, how do you be faithful where God called you with what he gave you. That's so good. And it really comes from sharing what's inside you, which is another thing you talk about. And um, you say, don't wait to be invited to a larger table before you sit down and share what's inside you. And it mm. makes me think of a, an activity when I speak at writers conferences, and especially when we're talking about novels, though it works with narrative nonfiction too, is I have them do a timeline of their life and write the highs and the lows, um, especially the lows. And I said, mm. all those places where it's like, your darkest moments, that's where you're going to be able to speak into someone else's life. Um, So if you're writing a novel, your character, if they're going through, it doesn't have to be the same exact situation, but those same feelings for me, it was abandonment. You know, my boyfriend left me when I was 17 and I was pregnant and all those things. If I could use those themes for my life, I could touch someone else. And I think what's inside us, sometimes we want it to be all the pretty stuff that we share. (laughs) And I know Mm -hmm. like your first book, um, I'm sure just like my books, when I sat down, like, Ooh, I really don't want to share this, Mm -hmm. but it's those raw parts of our story, the dark parts, the parts that, that the, the enemy wants us to keep, um, inside because, you know, we feel shame or we feel, regret and that's those things when we share them other people can relate and I know it's been true in your life and I think that's what you're encouraging people to do too is share what's inside you it doesn't have to be this pretty bow this pretty story all wrapped up but people really relate to the raw stuff because that's where they are too yeah it's so true and I've 
you've seen that in your life. I've seen it in my life. And more than just like what I wrote in that book the first time, which was very vulnerable and laying some stuff out. Um, you know, I always like to, to share that obviously when that book came out, that wasn't the first time I've talked about those. Right. Right. Those things had been worked through for years with my community. Mm -hmm. And so there's this kind of weird idea that people see you and I, and they think, Oh, it's easy for you. Like you have a microphone and a podcast and this is your job, all the things. And I just want to say, well, okay, it is our job and that's just where God's put us. But what happens with our community? You know, what happens with our small groups, with our girlfriends is not making a podcast or Mm -hmm. a book. It might eventually, you know, like our lives are working out and we sometimes write about that, but there is this, there's this need that we have for community as humans, you know, and, and when we're able to be vulnerable with the people around us, what happens is we see them be vulnerable with us. We see relationships go deeper. Um, and for me as a Christ follower, it's not just, I don't want to just be vulnerable just to be like, here's all my dirty laundry, but I want to be vulnerable so that someone can a point me to the truths of scripture to help me through that. Um, and B encourage me to keep going, you know, like we need to be encouraged to keep moving, to keep going. Um, and so it is, and you know, as, as writers, I, I know that you do this, I would imagine way more than me, uh, when you write your fiction books is we pull from those life experiences mm-hmm. as well, you know? And so God is using things in our life and, you know, even like hard things when you talk about how you had everyone write down their lows, which I think is such a good practice, um, for writers especially, but I think about even just in life when we think about like, okay, I want to matter. I want to make a difference. I want to be faithful. I want all these things. And we talked earlier about like life throws you curveballs. And I've seen some of the, because of my job and you might understand this as well, because of yours, I get to interview so many amazing women. A lot of them have stories of hardship. I mean, even like you, you just shared at the beginning, like a part of your, and you shared on my podcast too, like part of your story was becoming a teen mom and the way that's impacted your life yeah. is special and beautiful. And it started off horrible and rocky mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. what you planned, you know? Yeah. And so I think that there's this idea that these hardships are going to like pull us down or God has forgotten us or he's left us or he doesn't care about us. And in reality, so many times maybe not particularly in the moment of a hardship, but we can look back on hard times and go, Oh gosh, I never want to walk through that again. I will, I don't want to wish that on my worst enemy, Yeah, but I can look back and I can see God working. I can see his hand. I can see that he never left me and I can see the person I am today because of the trials that I walk through. And so it's like this weird thing of, man, I don't want to wish tragedy or trauma or trials on my life by any means, but I do want to be a person that goes, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. This is really stinking hard. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe and remember that in the past, I've been able to look back and see the things you've done. And so I'm going to believe that for now too. And let me tell you, that's hard, Trisha. It's so it hard. Is. But God uses those things. He really does. Yeah. And that that's the the deep truths in us that are going to impact people. And so many times, especially when I was speaking at homeschool conferences before they all got canceled this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would say at least a couple of times at a conference. Another thing I talked about on your podcast was I had an abortion when I was 15, which is something I regret. And uh, God has brought so much healing in my life. I, I would say at least twice every conference as I'm just standing around selling novels and parenting mm-hmm. books on my table when women would pull me aside and say I heard you on Jamie's podcast and you shared mm-hmm. about my abortion your abortion and I've never told anyone and yep. I would be able to talk to someone and pray with them and like 
I remember. Like, I just got chills. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember going into that first Bible study with other women. And I love how you talked about, in, you have to work it out in your community first. Because mm-hmm. I remember bawling my eyes out and with six other women who'd also had abortions. And this is months of us crying together mm-hmm. and praying together and asking God to heal us together. And then I felt such freedom. Like the first time I walked in that room and saw those other women and shared my story, I felt this burden lift off my chest that I'd been carrying around mm. for I think it was about 10 years at that point and hear their stories and cry with them. It was just this freedom that I hadn't imagined, but I, I worked it out in that community. And yeah. then when I talk with someone and pray with her, you know, on the side of my booth at this busy homeschool conference and mm-hmm. I and just her sharing her story with me knowing that I had been there too I could see that burden lift and she's like I'm gonna talk to my husband tonight or you know Mm. you can just see and it all is from sharing our stories and so I love you know you be you it's not always like okay these are your talents which it is but it's also Mm -hmm. you be you and you share your hard stuff too because someone else needs to hear your story so true so true and I I love that you shared that story just now because that's what that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. is that God can use something so horrible that you went through and endured and he's going to bring glory from it. That's weird. And I don't understand how he works. You know what I mean? But the fact that you got to be a part of that woman's story at that moment, like only God could orchestrate that. It's like mind blowing. Like my mind cannot wrap around it of how something so horrible God can take it and say, okay, I'm going to use something good from this. And that good was you getting to intercede right there with that woman. And that's priceless. And the thing is that happened, like you happened to share that on a podcast. And so that gave people that opportunity, but even within like our circles of friends, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like to be able to open up and just, I mean, you know, say I'm really struggling with my marriage right now. You know, that is a hard thing to say out loud, but you know what it does? It brings like humanity to the conversation. It has people look at you and go, okay, man, I've struggled with my marriage before. In fact, I might be struggling too right now. And so there's this opportunity to see people as humans mm-hmm. who struggle, who life is hard. And then we get to, you know, encourage and pray for them. And then you never know in 10 years, someone might come to you and be like, I remember that one time in that Bible study, you said you were struggling. And I thought I'm never going to struggle. And here I am 10 years into my marriage. I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? That is, right there is where I call that's beautiful when we are allow God to use our stories in that way. Yeah. It's so good. And the community of the face-to-face, the small groups, which we're having a harder time now doing these things, oh but even gosh, a boxer message or a zoom call. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you know, if you and I were to sit down and talk about adoption, we'd probably share stuff personally that I wouldn't feel like I could share online. 100%. Yes. <laughs> and so I think it is that, that personal story sharing, mm-hmm. sharing lives. And we feel like we're in this together. And that's yeah. where comparison leaves because it's another thing you talk about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, comparison, like I'll look and like, oh my goodness, like I have a fraction of Instagram followers compared to Jamie. And like I could get all up in my head about that or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever comparison is. But really, when we are sharing true stories and we're sharing heart to heart and the test of that comparison leaves because it, it doesn't even matter anymore. And I think that's where instead of, you know, getting on all the social media and all those comparisons and look at this life, the truth is told in those intimate conversations with people. And I think we need to do that more, even if we can't meet face to face over Zoom, over Boxer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. And you know, a lot of times right now we'll, we will compare ourselves to people that we, we don't even know in real life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and all we see is what's on Instagram and I love Instagram. It's my favorite social media. It's really the only place I hang out. I love it so much. And I have to remind people as well. Everything I put on Instagram is not my whole life. Like, you right. know, you don't see. So, you know, Aaron and I, have, I talked about this on Instagram recently and, uh, Early on in the season of COVID, early into the quarantine and stuff, was super hard on our marriage. Uh, probably, we've been married 19 years. Probably one of the hardest seasons we've yet to walk through. You know what you didn't see on Instagram? Was me fighting with my husband. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it's not no, that I'm I trying to be sneaky. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't see it because I didn't put it up there. And it's not because I'm trying to be sneaky and hide it because here I am talking to you. And you know who I was talking to about? My friends. Yeah. You know? And then... We, we, you know, on the other side, I have talked about on Instagram recently, but you have to remember, you don't see the whole life. You mm-hmm. don't see the whole story. Even if someone is being super vulnerable, there's still, you don't see everything. And so we have to remember that when we find ourselves comparing ourselves to people that we don't know in real life. And sometimes that we even do know in real life is that we're not seeing everything. And so I always think of, I want to look at social media through like a cheerleader lens. Like, how do I cheer you on? And how do I be excited for you and proud of you, but realize that I'm not ever going to be you, A, because I'm not you, and B, because I don't even know you. Like, I don't know your real story. You know what I mean? And so that's, it's this hard thing that we're having to navigate. You know, social media is new. Comparison is not. But the way that we're having to navigate it now, it is a little tricky for us women these days. Absolutely. And like, you know, we're talking now and we sound like, oh, they're you know, they're professionals and talking about these things. Well, right now I'm sitting at a desk that has three piles of junk everywhere, five <laughs> pairs of shoes that I've kicked <laughs> up underneath it. You know, I mean, it is, it's like so many times we are comparing yeah. the finished product, the finished 100%. podcast, the finished yep. book with, uh, you know, where uh, they're saying, well, I can't even write a paragraph or I tried yeah. a podcast and it sounds so horrible. I deleted it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we're always comparing someone's finished product and one of your chapters talk about bloom where you're planted and I just want to take this like practical so there's someone listening like okay I'm hearing what you guys are saying I need to connect with the community I need to be vulnerable there I need to you know follow God and what he's asking me to do but how can I bloom where I'm planted (laughs) what practical advice would you give someone today that are feeling like I totally understand what you're saying now where can I go with this I think my first thing would say is to look around and see where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole the whole idea between, behind that chapter of Bloom Where You're Planted is that there's this idea, which we've talked about <laughs> the entire time almost, is that someone else has it better. Yeah. Like they have better influence. They have better uh, power. They have better leadership. They have better relationships. Whatever it is, we just have this idea, this lie that we believe that someone has it better. And so the first thing I would advise someone to do is to look around and see, like, where has God planted you? Where has God Mm -hmm. placed you? Um, And I really, truly believe that God is sovereign. And so what I believe is that he has purpose for your life right where you are. And so, again, it's not this idea of I don't work to better myself or work to improve whatever it is, but God has placed you there for a reason. I think one of the things I would encourage someone to do is to really know that the quality of your influence that you have, where you are, the people around you, whether that be in your home, in your office, in your church, wherever you have influence and everybody has influence. So that's, you need to know that everyone has influence, but the quality of your influence matters much more than the quantity of your influence. And so if you're thinking, wow, Jamie has 97,000 followers on Instagram. I have 400. Well, you're looking at it the wrong way. You're not trusting God with the people that you have to influence. Uh, Or if you think, man, 
look at how she gets to do this. Like Trisha gets to write all these books. If I had that sort of influence, I could actually do something. Well, you're actually just wishing you were like her instead of looking around and going, okay, God, who have you put around me? Like, who have you entrusted me with? Who, what gifts have you given me? What time have you given me? What influence have you given me? What power, what leadership, what relationships? And then going, okay, I'm going to choose to believe that they matter. And I'm going to choose to do my best right where you have put me. And I think, you know, this is like, we could have an hour long conversation (laughs) about believing that, you know, and how do we do that? Because it's almost like we have to take our, we have to put these blinders on a little bit and focus on where God has us instead of believing that someone else has it better. And, you know, practically, if you're struggling with looking at Instagram and feeling like people have more influence or more giftings or more followers, whatever it is, I mean, here's something bold, delete Instagram off your phone. I mean, I have deleted Instagram off my phone for seasons. I have unfollowed people for seasons. I've unfollowed people I know in real life because it's not their problem. It's mine. I need to get my heart together, you know? And so blooming where you're planted is this whole idea of you have something to do right where God has put you. And so it's, it takes away the striving to be someone else. And it puts on this idea of, okay, God, you put me here for a reason. And I'm going to show up to my life. I'm going to show up to the people around me. I'm going to show up to the places you have put me and not dream of a, a, a better ministry, a better organization. Not saying we don't better what we're doing. See, I always have to have that caveat in there. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> we need to do the best at what we do. Right. But we need to do the best at where God has put us to do. Absolutely. I was just at a in a brainstorming group. I have a online writers group and these are all unpublished authors. I was in a group with six of them yesterday and we were talking about that and one person um she's working on a book for depression and anxiety and she has a Facebook group with uh I think it's like 40 or 50 people. And I'm like, "Okay." And she's like, "You know, so discouraged cuz it's not growing." I'm like, "Can you imagine every day having 40 or 50 people in your living room (laughs) that are all struggling with depression and anxiety. And someone told me, I think years ago at a writer's conference, like serve the people who God has given you now. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't worry that you don't have 10,000 people. I'm like, you probably couldn't handle a group with 10,000 people um, that are struggling with depression and anxiety at this point, Mm -hmm. but serve them, love them, pour into them. And as you do that, you're going to learn, you're going to grow, you're going to learn how to serve people. You're going to learn how to encourage them. And I mean, I sat in a years and years and I still do Thursday nights, a teen mom support group with 10 to 15 teenage moms. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, you know, some things I do have larger yeah. numbers, like you said, mm-hmm. quantity, but that mm-hmm. quality of just pouring into those young girls. And I know you've done prison ministry and small mm-hmm. groups and all these things. It is like, this is where God wants us, whether it's 10 or 10,000. Oh, so good. And I, 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 speaking of your friend who leads that group, I would imagine if she were to look at them in the eyes and say, guys, it's been fun but you guys don't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. I'm out to find a lot of people to minister to. Right. How would that make them feel? And how Mm -hmm. would they feel about her pouring into them? They would think this was fake. She doesn't really like want to pour into us. And so sometimes I even have to like encourage people to visualize, look at the people you're leading, whether Mm -hmm. that's your children, your classroom, people on social media, small group, church, whatever it is. Imagine in your head, looking at them all in the eyes and saying, guys, I love you but I'm moving on to more people. You guys do not matter. And I just don't think we could do that. You know, we right? couldn't do that in real life. And so think about it the same way. 
which also why we have to yearn for faithfulness over success because success would say you only have 10 people in your living room. That is not very good. You need a thousand. But -hmm. faithfulness says, man, you're faithful to the 10 that God's given you and he is going to do much with that. And so or the one matter or the one. I mean, I remember the pastor's wife when I was pregnant came to pray for me and mm-hmm. I turned my back on her laying in that bed. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want any, well, now she's my mother-in-law, which is the funny thing. This is, but- <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, she, she came to that one, took a day off from work, mm-hmm. came to that one, yeah. sat there in the yeah. room and prayed. Um, and that is what matters. Yep. Oh, oh I love it so, so much. much. Okay. The book is UBU, Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think. So good. And yeah, I love it lots of highlighted parts thank you Trisha so much yeah. and I just love the, sh- the story that you share and how you just uplift women I mean every time I listen to your podcast you're just it's all about the other person you know what I mean it's all about mm-hmm. sharing their successes and what God has done and that's what I just love so much um so I listen to the podcast get thank the book you. yeah and then where can people go if they want to you know, because I know you have some pre-order stuff going on so where can yes. people go to connect with you and to get in and all that pre-order Okay, so this is new for us, but we're trying this thing where you can text us. Okay, so text 33777. Text the word friend because we want to be friends with you. So text 33777. Text the word friend. And then we're going to connect and we're going to give you a free printable and tell you about the book. And you can also find anything at jamieivy.com. Yes. And go back and listen. Maybe not start at episode one, but... (laughs) You know, lots Whenever of someone great... tells me they go start at episode one, I'm like, okay, trust me, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I started at episode one, but I love it. Um, oh. So many good things to listen to. Um, and so I will make sure and put all this in the show notes also. But Jamie, thank you so much for being here, for pouring out your heart, for sharing um, your stories in these books, and for highlighting and encouraging other women. It really makes uh, a big difference. Well, thank you for having me on, friend. It is so fun talking to Jamie. I love listening to her podcast. It's one of my favorites. And I love the encouragement that she gives to all of us about daring to step out and follow the dreams that God has placed on your heart, about not comparing ourselves to other people, about developing a community and really embracing the people around you in real life. It's not just about those people out there on social media, it's about those people in our real lives. And it's also about remembering how each life matters. As we talked about our friend Winter Pitts today, just her life and the way she lived it fully just is such an encouragement. And I know so many times we just think of the struggles and the, the roadblocks to the things that we feel called to do. But now we can look and see that God has a plan for us uniquely, that uh, we don't need to do what someone else is doing to follow in someone else's footsteps, but God wants us to uniquely follow him in the ways he's designed for us. And I love that. I love that I'm able to express myself through words and, you know, my podcast too, and Jamie through her podcast and in words too, but it's so completely different. Our audiences are different, but it is both of us are seeking to give glory to God. Um, And I love that we can do that, that we can look at our unique gifts and talents and without comparing, we can serve God with our whole hearts. 
Um, Jamie says, if you are a follower of Jesus, you and I have the same ultimate calling to make him known and to bring him glory. That's it. End of story. And it really isn't about having the picture perfect life or, or, or showing other people or making them believe we have a picture perfect life, but instead living the life God has called us to. So the walk it out uh, verse of the day is 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so each of us will stand before God and will present ourselves to God. And we want to be approved by him. It doesn't matter how many likes, how many follows, how many podcast listeners we have, how many readers we have, how many people at the Bible study, um, how many votes we have in the PTA. I don't even know if that's a thing, <laughs> but it matters that God sees us approved and that we will take his word of truth and we will share it with others and we will share the transformation that it makes in our lives without trying to appear perfect. Um, and just I, that is my hope for us today, that we can understand our path is to give God glory and not to make ourselves look better or present ourselves in a way that will make us seem like we have it all together because none of us have it all together. Um, and that's what I love about this podcast, just each guest sharing really what they've learned and then their struggles that we are all on this journey together. So let me just pray for us today. Lord, I just thank you so much for Jamie. I thank you for all that she's doing through her podcast and how she is giving a voice to so many people. I love that I was on there and that even now that podcast is going out and continuing to bless and encourage other people, but also how she just talks to so many people and just digs deep and shares the truth of what you are doing in their lives and how that story, each story goes and glorifies you. I pray that you continue to bless her, bless her writing, bless her podcast, bless her family, bless her ministry, and may you continue to be glorified. And Lord, for every person out there today um, who looks at themselves and feels that they're not enough, I pray that you will just show them all the ways that you have uniquely gifted him or her for your glory. It's not about comparing ourselves to other people out there, but it really is about understanding who we are designed to be and how we can impact people for you, Lord. I pray that you will give us encouragement and hope and strength and trust in you, that we will look and lift our eyes to you, that we'll take our eyes off of social media or the neighborhood lawns or wherever we're comparing ourselves, um, and we will just look and see who we are in your eyes. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for connecting with me on Walk It Out. I love that I have this chance to just talk with amazing people and hear their stories and um, dig out the truth in their heart and pass it on to you. It's so fun to know that throughout the day people are tuning in and as I'm here in my bedroom with my dogs on my feet and the kids running around that I can do something that can bless and encourage you. So if you've been blessed and encouraged, share it with a friend and let them know about the Walk It Out podcast, post about it on social media and just let people know that they can listen in. 
Again, it is uh, walkituppodcast.com. It's a link that will take you to all the podcasts. And there's a share button um, that you can copy there and post on your social media. So I hope that you will share this podcast and share the encouragement that you receive with a friend today. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.